In this episode, I'm helping you defend effectively against three bets. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi. So thank you very much for spending a little bit of your study time with me today. If it's your first time here, Funyan. And if you're back for more, welcome back, Jack. If you enjoyed this episode and if you learn a little something that you can take to the felt, please share it with a friend. Just send them to the show notes page at uh, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod275. And this is one that you are definitely going to want to visit the show notes page for because I have so many screenshots of various, uh, I'll talk about it in the podcast, but so much for you to look at to help you understand what I'm talking about a little bit better. So today I'm going to help you defend versus three bets. Now, last week I helped you avoid three bets. This week, we're going to assume that you made a positive EV open raise. So maybe you were stealing the pot, you were open raising with a worthy holding like Queen Jack suited maybe, or you just had a total value hand like pocket aces. Regardless of your holding, you planned for a potential 3-bet, and now you're faced with one. We'll talk about what to do. Let's get to it. Gambate! Hell yeah! Let's do this! Before we get to defending against three bets, in last week's episode, I put out a request to the audience for additional ideas on facing less three bets. And John Homan came through, one intrepid listener. He gave me two uh, suggestions. One is site selection. So sites like Ignition Poker, for example, well, they seem to have less three betters, at least at the micro stakes, than some other sites like America's Cardroom. And the second recommendation, he said, was to change stakes. So if 3-bet defense is a problem for you and you're trying to work on it, go ahead and move down in stakes so that improving your 3-bet defense ends up being a little bit less costly, right? When you have $5 on the line versus 10 you can take some more chances and do a little bit more 3-bet defense experimentation there. Alright, so some of you use pre-flop ranges right now as you play, especially if you're an online player, right? Uh, maybe you even have my Kiss Cash Game ranges, or you got ranges from another poker coach, or you developed your own ranges. The ranges you use probably include like 3-bet calling hands and 4-betting hands as well. Now, you can follow the ranges strictly and avoid any kind of critical thought on the felt by just calling or 4-betting as directed. But a super important concept that I teach all of my students about ranges is that you must not follow them blindly. Your preflop ranges are there to help you make decisions because they tell you the hands that are mathematically acceptable to play in certain spots. However, there are some huge drawbacks to using ranges. For example, your ranges don't know the type of player that 3-bet you. They don't know the villain's history of 3-bet showdown hands. The ranges don't know the villain's 3-bet-related statistics, the size of the 3-bet, or the size of the stacks involved. And of course, the ranges don't know how your opponent views you. So your preflop ranges should be, they should be kind of a guide, but not the arbiter of your 3-bet defense decisions. That's totally up to you. As well it should be, right? You're potentially committing 9 big blinds or more if you call the 3-bet, or maybe 22, 25 big blinds if you end up 4-betting. Committing so many chips before seeing the flop, that must never be done lightly. Your 3-bet defense decision to either call or 4-bet hinges on how your hand plays against your opponent's range. So the first thing you need to do is visualize the 3-better's range. 
But how do we do this? There are some critical pieces of information that help you build a three betters range uh, as either being like extremely value oriented or possibly containing a lot of three bet bluffing hands. So the first piece of information that helps us visualize a three betters range is the type of player they are. You're going to defend differently based on the hands your opponent is capable of three betting with. So passive players like fish who do mostly calling, they have incredibly strong three bet ranges. Often, it's just pocket kings or pocket aces. These players just call with queens and jacks preflop because they're kind of scared of what you hold, right? They don't want to see the ace or the king, or they don't get aggressive with queens or jacks until they have the overpair on the board. So if your rangers tell you to 4-bet bluff with a hand, but the 3-better only has kings and aces, you are in for a world of hurt if that's the case. Now, there are other players like loose aggressive players and maniacs who 3-bet bluff a ton. You've seen these players 3-bet with hands like Jack-10 suited, pocket 4s, ace-5 suited, and king-jack. So you're going to defend differently against those types of players than the fish. Now, the second piece of information that helps us visualize a 3-better's range is their 3-bet related statistics. So if you're an online player, you probably use a HUD like my Smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4, and that gives you more information to work with. When you face a 3-bet, you must look to see what the player's 3-bet statistic is. So a 3-bet of just 1%, that's probably just queens or better. And you can go to the show notes page to see a little screenshot of this. Now at 7%, a 3-better's range is potentially pocket 9s or better, ace-jack or better, and king-queen suited. So I use the word potentially right there on purpose because once a 3-better goes beyond pocket 10s and ace-king, they have particular hands that they prefer to 3-bet or call with. Some players 3-bet with ace-jack. Other players never 3-bet with ace-jack, but they call with it every single time instead. So the 3-bet statistic, it's a start, but you have to visualize each 3-better's range independently. It's never a one-size-fits-all thing with 3-bet ranges. Now the third piece of information that helps us visualize a 3-better's range is position. You especially want to look at their 3-bet percentage uh, as it pertains to the position that they're in. And that's more helpful than their 3-bet as a total. If you're facing a small blind 3-bet and the player's percentage is 1%, you know that they mean business and they have a strong hand. Other players, they treat the small blind like it's the perfect 3-bet uh, re-stealing position. So you're going to see their 3-bet stat is like at 10 or 12% or even higher. I want you to be more willing to believe their 3-bet is a value 3-bet if it comes from a position that they do not bluff in, so their positional 3-bet is a very small 1% or 2%. The fourth piece of information that helps us visualize a 3-better's range is history with that opponent. So one of the things I love about Poker Tracker 4 is that it takes automatic notes on hands that went to showdown. So if you go to the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod275, you're going to see a screenshot of the auto-generated notes that I have on a particular player. So you're going to see that their 3-bet range is pocket aces, pocket eights, 7-3 suited, ace-king offsuit, ace-4, and ace-5 offsuit as well. So this player has gone to showdown with these 3-betting hands, and the system just automatically recorded it. 
seeing these actual hands that they three bet and then got to showdown with, that's pretty darn helpful. Uh, or it's a helpful tool to help you visualize their three betting range. Now, if you don't use Poker Tracker 4 or you're just a live player, you're going to have to rely on note taking uh, to see what hands your opponents have three bet with in the past. The more three bet bluffing hands you've seen, the more likely they are three bet bluffing once again. Now, the fifth piece of information that helps us visualize a 3-better's range is their 3-bet sizing. In general, the smaller the size of the 3-bet, the more likely it's made with a weaker hand. Now, this is because they don't want to commit too many bluffing chips when they're bluffing. Or, possibly, they're just kind of not really sure how valuable their hand really is. We've all seen players 3-bet bluff to just 6 big blinds with, like, king-5 suited, right? Yeah, exactly. Their tiny 3-bet basically choreographed their hand, they were telegraphed, I mean to say, their hand strength. They told you they got a weak hand with that tiny 3-bet. I'm sure that you size your 3-bets properly to hit your opponent's pain threshold and to make it hard for them to read into your 3-bet hand strength. However, a lot of your opponents don't put thought into their 3-bet sizing. So make sure you take a note if you ever see sizing-related tells like what I just said, too small with king-5 suited. But later on, maybe you see that they 3-bet to 12 big blinds with pocket aces. So if you know that they size their bets differently based on their hand strength, that's going to improve your 3-bet defense decisions, and it will allow you to exploit the 3-better. After the break, I'll hit you with how to respond to the 3-bet now that you know the 3-better's range. Today's episode is brought to you by ThePokerForge.com. That's my one-of-a-kind poker training membership site. Each month is its very own workshop where you are going to learn important strategies and I give you action steps to put those strategies to use on the felt. Well, I got something really special coming up because February, instead of uh, actually hitting a one-month workshop, I'm going to release a full 29-video course on all about how to study poker. So each of the 29 videos are going to teach you a different way to study. And each video is only 7 minutes or less, with the entire idea being, I release a new video on the first, you watch the video, bam, you start your study session using exactly that study technique. Now everyone who is currently a member of the Poker Forge will get the entire course for free starting on February 1st. If you become a member after February 1st, so February 28th, the 29th even, March, April, you're not going to have access for free to this course. So as of today, the day that this episode drops, you have one week to become a PokerForge.com member. I want you to think of this course as your 29-day study boot camp. So by the end of the month, you're going to be a study ranger, a Navy SEAL of study, an elite study commando with an arsenal of study techniques at your disposal. So if you really are serious about improving your game, about becoming the poker player that you want to be, you've got to join thepokerforge.com right meow. It is a no-brainer, thepokerforge.com. Go there today. Alrighty, let's get back to it. So with all this information at your fingertips and as you're running uh, through the information in your mind, you can now use it to visualize your opponent's range and respond with the appropriate 3-bet defense of either folding, calling, or 4-betting. Remember, you have those three options every time you face a 3-bet, assuming the 3-bet's not all in. So, Is the 3-better on a value 3-bet range, 
Or can they have some bluffing hands so they're on a bluffing 3-bet range? Of course, if they have a bluffing range, it also contains all of those value 3-betting hands, so don't ignore that. Oh, so before we move on, also, within the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 275, you're going to find a video with a little online poker hack. I show you a way to create range cheat sheets that you can use to help you visualize your opponent's range when you're on the felt. So let's discuss your options versus a value 3 betting range first. So value 3-bet ranges, they're often very small, just pocket queens are better. Maybe sometimes ace-king or pocket jacks thrown in as well. So first, your option number one is to fold. Now, you're going to fold uh, those open raising hands most of the time against a value 3-bet range. When you know your opponent only 3-bets with pocket queens and better, it's actually a pretty easy fold. If you call with a hand like king-jack suited or pocket threes, you are way behind and you're just wasting those three-bet calling chips. Do not be ashamed of folding your hand versus a three-bet. If it pains you to fold, look at it two ways. The first way is that the fishiest of players never fold. They just can't allow themselves to fold. They have to see the flop. You don't want to be one of those fishy players, right? The second way, your opponent just gave you information telling you that their hand is stronger. They're a person who hardly ever 3-bets. The fact that they 3-bet means they have a strong hand. So you should be happy that they let you know this right now, and you now make the sensible response of folding, instead of getting to the flop and playing against pocket aces or pocket kings. Your second option against a value 3-bet range is to call. It is okay to call a 3-bet with hands that are worthy of 4-betting, like pocket aces or pocket kings, right? You might make the call in an effort to keep their entire 3-betting range in the hand uh, so that you can earn more profit from them post-flop. It's also okay to call a 3-bet with a hand that that can crack big 3-betting hands. So king-jack suited, for example, that can get you into a world of hurt versus aces, kings, and ace-king. But calling with a hand like 7-6 suited, well, that can crack those big pocket pairs and big uh, big card hands. If you get lucky to hit a straight or a flush or even a nice two pair, you're taking some chips off of them. But before you call with a speculative hand like 7-6 suited, make sure the 3-better has a big enough stack to make it worth calling the 3-bet. You want to look for a stack that's at least 20 times the size of the bets that you have to call. So if you have to call 50 cents to see the flop, you want at least $10 in their stack behind. It also helps to make the call if the 3-bet is on the smaller side so you aren't risking that much money with your speculative hand. So if you have that 7-6 suited and they made it only 4 more big blinds to call, that's a much uh, much less costly calling mistake than if you had called an additional 9 big blinds if they made it 12 to go. So your last option against a value 3-bet range is to 4-bet re-raise. So because your opponent's on a value 3-bet range, you're only going to 4-bet with a value hand that's ahead of their range. And that probably means mm, pocket aces, pocket kings, uh, and nothing else, right? Do not make the mistake of 4-betting with an inferior hand like ace-king or even pocket jacks versus a range of pocket queens or better. Now let's discuss your 3-bet defense options versus a bluff 3-bet range. So bluff 3-bet ranges can be all over the board. 
Of course, they contain the strongest hands, right? But they can be a weird mixture of suited connectors like 7-6 suited just mentioned, maybe the even a 3-bet pocket 4s, or maybe suited aces like ace-5 suited, or any other random hand that they just feel like 3-bet bluffing with. So your first option is to fold. Now, once again, you're probably going to fold more often than you call or 4-bet, even against a bluff 3-bet range. There's no reason to continue in the hand if they are not going to fold versus your 4-bet, or if you call the 3-bet and that puts you in a money-losing spot post-flop. Make sure you tag tough 3-bet uh, facing decisions so that you can revisit them and study them later off the felt. Now, you could choose to call versus the 3-bet uh, bluffing range. But if you do so, you only want to call with hands that are at the top of the 3-betters range. So if they 3-bet with ace-10 or better, you're making a huge mistake if you call with ace-10 or even ace-9. If your calling hand is at the top of their 3-betting range, that gives you a mathematical advantage over them, or at least over that part of their range. If you can call with ace-king while they 3-bet with ace-10 or better, well, when the flop comes down ace-high, you have now crushed their range with your top pair very strong kicker. You can also call preflop to slow play some of your biggest hands. So if you have pocket aces and you think they fold most of the time versus a 4-bit, then calling is a decent option because it keeps their entire 3-betting range in the hand on the flop. You can also call in order to exploit a flop honest 3-better later on. So sometimes you're going to come across a 3-bet bluffer who is honest on the flop and they have a small c-bet percentage of like 35%. This means that they check when they don't flop a good hand. You can call their 3-bets, especially when you're going to have position post-flop, and then you steal the pot on the flop as soon as they check. Your last option against a 3-bet bluffing range is to 4-bet re-raise yourself. If you hold a very strong hand like pocket aces or kings, it's a pretty easy 4-bet for value. You know that their range is full of bluffs, and your hand crushes their bluffs and all their stronger hands. So if you think they can call you with worse, or maybe even come back over the top with a 5-bet with a weaker hand, go for maximum value and 4-bet with your strongest hands. Do not slow play your best hands if they are capable of giving you value right now. But as you know, most of the time you're not holding aces or kings. Instead, you're going to have the opportunity to 4-bet bluff. So before you do so, you have to ask and answer the question, can they fold versus a 4-bet? Make sure you look at the fold to 4-bet statistic. This, of course, should be in your HUD uh, within a pop-up, and it should be by position. What you're looking for are players that have a high 3-bet percentage paired with a high fold to 4-bet percentage in that same position. So you are looking for somebody who 3-bets greater than 7%, and they fold greater than 50%. And, of course, the higher the better, right? If they... 3-bet, 12%, and they fold 70%. Awesome! Your 4-bet bluff has a really high chance of succeeding, right? Challenge! Through your next five play sessions, pay attention to the action, and every time somebody 3-bets, visualize their 3-bet range. It's either a value range or a bluffing range. So if you're involved in the hand, I want you to realize that you still have three options, right? Fold, call, or raise. I want you to make the most positive EV decision that will yield the result that you want. If you are calling, 
you must have a hand ahead of their range, or you see an opportunity to bluff them later. If you're raising or making the 4-bet right, you're doing it either for value or as a bluff because they can fold. Now I challenge you to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Alrighty, your learning is not complete until you visit smartpokerstudy.com slash pod275 for a transcript of today's episode and screenshots and links to everything I discussed. If you're down with taking action and turning yourself into the player that you want to be, you must become a member of thepokerforge.com before February. That way, you have full access to my 29-day course called How to Study Poker. Once again, thepokerforge.com. Go there today. My other podcast called Daily Poker Tips is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash dailypokertips, all one word. Until next time, take action on and off the felt to become the player you want to be.